Welcome to room 4216. I'm so glad you've come. And we are back again in room 4216. Hi, Pastor Dave. Hello. Oh, uh, what's the matter with you? You're, you sound kind of dull. Well, I got about a dozen chigger bites on my body. Oh. About four or five behind each knee, and then there's some up my thigh oh, those and, itch. and up my hips. Not only do they itch, but after they bite, they leave something in me or something, and sometimes they get infected, and um, and so it's more than an itch. And then my hip is hurting. I, I don't know if it's I overlifted something, but it's just if I move Dave, the wrong way, my hip really hurts. We really don't need and to And then hear my <sighs> allergies have been acting up, and so my nose feels really funny. Uh, we funny really don't now. need to hear all of your... Uh, illnesses and woes here but you asked how i am well yeah. where's the compassion uh, but, but there's compassion but then there's uh let's be cheerful and polite and nice to the listeners yeah all right hello everybody how are you today i'm just absolutely fine no, that won't work either Hi, sometimes we are who we are <laughs> what true. do we have today oh i think we have from the inbox. We have a letter again from Kara. Hi, Kara. Hi, Kara. Kara writes, Dear Pastor Dave and Cecilia, So I am wondering why some people were killed by God and not others. Hmm. It's said that Judah's son was evil, so God killed him. Reuben, on the other hand, slept with Bilhah, his mother-in-law. But he lived. What is the difference? Hmm. Ooh, good you know, questions. We'll be right back after we look up one quick thing. In order that we answer the question correctly, I thought it would be best to, to look at the actual verse and what it says about uh, the, the one who died. In Cecilia? Yeah, it's Genesis 38, verses 6 and 7. Judah got a wife for Ur, his firstborn, and her name was Tamar. But Ur, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the Lord's sight. So the Lord put him to death. It says that he was wicked in the Lord's sight. Yes. Um, it doesn't speak of any specific sin. That's what it did about Reuben, uh, specific sin of adultery with his mother-in-law mm -hmm. or anybody. And there's other ones. I mean, we, we read about Judah and his sin of adultery too. Uh, we're talking about the heart here. And that's the reason God put this man to death because he had, well... How does Abraham find favor in the sight of God? How did Noah? Faith. Faith, yeah. And it's when there's no faith that God says a person is wicked and therefore deserving of death. But, uh, Pastor Dave, mm -hmm. there are times when I don't have faith and yet uh, I'm not dead. And then uh, there are many times when people live on and on and don't have faith and yet they're not dead. Two things there you've you've mentioned. First off, um, do you trust in Jesus? Yes. Do you are you sorry for your sins when they're pointed out to you? Yes. And do you seek to uh, amend your ways? 
I do. Okay. I try to. Then you have faith. And 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 God is not going to smote you, therefore, because of no faith, because of wickedness. Now, the other question you had was, what if a person that has no faith lives long? Why does he, and, and why does God then smite him? We never know when we're going to die. We need to be ready at all times. And therefore, we should be looking to our hearts to make sure our hearts are looking to God, that we are trusting in him. In our last lesson, you may remember we covered chapters 34 through 38. Hold on a second. But we you... did skip 37 to a degree. I was just going to say. We touched them slightly. And in these chapters, we were pointing out how um, Jacob mm-hmm. had learned and was following the Lord to a degree, mm-hmm. and yet his sons hadn't learned. Well, and, and then we talked about the descendants of Esau, too, and... And so now today we're picking up and really going to be following Joseph because most of the rest of Genesis follows Joseph. And it's going to be an interesting trail here. So we want to start with 37, beginning at verse 1. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob. Joseph, a young man of 17 was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and brought their father a bad report about them. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made a richly ornamented robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, Listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain in the fields, when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood up on its end, while your sheaves gathered round mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, Do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then, He had another dream, and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream, and this time the sun and the moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream you have had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in his mind. 
Pastor Dave? Pastor Dave? Oh, sorry. My hip's just bugging me today, and I'm just preoccupied with it. Not that it's a bad hurt. It's just kind of this thing of, twing, 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 twing. But we still have a, that's getting annoying. Twing, yeah, that's my point. This little hip is kind of annoying. Twing, twing. Well, um, no. Okay, what, what, what? Well, now we have to talk about this section. Don't you want to do anything with it? Mm-hmm. Pastor Dave, no offense, but your attitude is starting to get annoying. Oh. Hmm. Okay, we've got a... You know, I'm not sure he was spoiled. Well, he was kind of spoiled. Yes, he was spoiled. And, you know, you raised an interesting point that I think was really appropriate to point. This might not have been a boastful Joseph, but maybe an insecure Joseph who's trying to... Uh, assert himself among his older brothers because they're all older and established and he's just trying to find his way. Now, and why so, would he be insecure if his father loved him so much? Because he would feel that the brothers were stronger, bigger, faster, had more stuff. Who knows? It usually means he looks at himself and thinks, I'm not adequate. Hmm. And so, of course, he acts out of that. I got these dreams. Well, and first he, he teased a tattletale. And he, and he may have just said these dreams simply to see what they'd say. And maybe affirm him. Yeah, well, you got dreams. You're a pretty good kid. But it really, really backfired on him. Mm-hmm. Ping, 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 ping. And on we ping. go to uh, verses 12 and following. Now his brothers had gone to graze their father's flocks near Shechem, and Israel said to Joseph, You know where your brothers are grazing the flocks near Shechem? Come, I am going to send you to them. Very well, Joseph replied. So he said to him, Go and see if all is well with your brothers and with the flocks, and bring word back to me. Then he sent him off from the valley of Hebron. When Joseph arrived at Shechem, a man found him wandering around the fields and asked him, What are you looking for? He replied, I'm looking for my brothers. Can you tell me where they are grazing their flocks? They have moved on from here, the man answered. I heard them say, Let's go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. But they saw him in the distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him, and throw him into one of these cisterns, and say that a a ferocious beast devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams." When Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue him from their hands. Let's not 
take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. Throw him into the cistern, here, in the desert. But don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him from them and to take him back to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the richly ornamented robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern. Now the cistern was empty, and there was no water in it. As they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm, and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, What will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. So, when the Midianites' merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for twenty shekels of silver. The Ishmaelites took him to Egypt. When Reuben returned to the cistern and saw that Joseph was not there, he tore his clothes. He went back to his brothers and said, The boy isn't there. Where can I turn now? Then they got Joseph's robe, slaughtered a goat, and dipped the robe in blood. They took the ornamented robe back to their father and said, We found this. Examine it to see whether it is your son's robe. He recognized it and said, It is my son's robe. Some ferocious animal has devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and daughters came to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. No, he said. In mourning will I go down to the grave to my son. So his father wept for him. Meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. Okay, Pastor Dave. What? It's your cue. Mine? Yes, yours. Oh, man. I would, I'm dealing with my chigger bites, rubbing them in the back of my leg. And well, it's not healthy for you to rub them anyway. That's just going to get them more infected. It's burning like fire! So go put ointment on or something. Yeah, go put ointment on or something. And this magic ointment is going to take care of it? It's supposed to stop the the itch and whatever. It yeah. don't. It don't. It itches like fire. Now I know what Jacob went. No, not Jacob. Who's that guy? The guy who suffers? Job! See, I can't even think straight. Now, what were you going to ask me? 
Um, we're supposed to be talking about this segment. This oh, segment yeah. What I just read. Yeah. Oh. Just a second. There it goes again. Man, I'm not kidding. I'm not, I'm not just playing games here. You should see these things. My wife says they're turning from pink to purple and they're big dots Why don't on you me. Just get, do we need to stop this and restart this segment? No. Okay, then. Okay. The brother came. They were mad at him. They decided, most of them, to get rid of him. So they said, let's kill him. Reuben, the oldest one, he stood up for him. Do you know why Reuben stood up for him? Because um, he was the oldest. And if the oldest uh, comes back and says, your son's dead, he's the one who's responsible for it because he is the oldest. So Reuben was going to try a trick and put him in a cistern and come back and get him later. And then uh, he went off to do something, maybe go to the bathroom or take care of a sheep or something. And when he came back, he found he wasn't there. And he goes, what's going on here? Well, and the brothers said, well, we sold him into slavery. Wah! So then they took his robe and they dipped it in blood and they brought it to his dad and said, yep, it's blood and it's your son's. Uh, robe and oh, and he was mourning there. That's it. What do you mean, that's it? That's it. Pastor Dave, that is boring. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be rude, but this is boring. Well, welcome to my world of itches and chiggers. You know, sometimes life is boring. Life sometimes doesn't have excitement and wow. And sometimes it just sets the scene for the next chapter. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard bought him from the Ishmaelites, who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes, and he was made his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted into his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So he left in Joseph's care everything he had. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well-built and handsome, and after a while his master's wife took notice of him and said, Come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge... He told her, My master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns he has entrusted into my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph, 
day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even to be with her. One day, he went into the house to attend to his duties, and none of the household servants were inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, Come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hands and ran out of the house. She kept his cloak beside her until his master came home. Then she told him this story. That Hebrew slave you brought us came to me to make sport of me. But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. When his master heard the story his wife had told him, saying, This is how your slave treated me, he burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him, and he showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care, because the Lord was with Joseph, and he gave him success in whatever he did. What do you think? I'm thinking my chigger bites don't itch as much and my hip doesn't tingle as much because, good golly, what Joseph just went through. Doing right, knowing and seeing that things were being blessed by his hand, he would have known that. Everybody knew that. And then to be thrown in prison for doing something right. You talk about misery. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we don't know what the prison was like, but no prison is fun. <laughs> no. You know, really, um, and that tells me something already, that he was thrown in prison. It tells me Potiphar understood everything that happened. I think he knew his wife was a schemer and a, and a well, I won't use bad words here, uh, probably philanderer. had problems before. And so this was probably a thinly veiled story. And when it said he burned with anger, what did you say? I thought that was interesting. I said that it didn't say that he burned with anger against Joseph. Mm -hmm. Probably against his wife. But he knew he couldn't do anything. But Now tell us why he couldn't do anything. Because she would have been uh, probably prominent, highly placed for, by birth. He's the captain of the guard. Mm -hmm. He's one of the most important people next to Pharaoh. He guards Pharaoh. And so he, his life was seen by everybody. He couldn't get rid of her. Especially not uh, on the word of a slave. Right. And so 
the anger was probably against her. He could have had her killed. He could have killed her right there on the spot. I'm sure he was wearing a sword, but he didn't. He could have also had Joseph killed right on the spot. I mean, that's what he, that's what I meant. He could have had jo- he could have killed Joseph or had him killed right on the spot. Mm-hmm. But he threw him in prison because he knew he was righteous. He knew he was doing right. He knew that it was his wife, and he couldn't do anything about it. Mm-mm-mm. So, what do we make of all this now? I think there's a couple things, and they're not all right. They're not all wrong. First thing... um, Treat your brothers and sisters nicely. (laughs) Especially your older sisters. Yeah, because if you don't, they're going to... My brother sometimes was mean to me, but he never sold me into slavery. Uh, No, neither did mine. But it does say something, doesn't it? Yes, it does. You need to be nice to your family. Uh, Second, though, is I see that um, this is the first one of, of God's promised people... That have had hardship. Abraham, prosperous. Well, he had some issues, but prosperous. Isaac, prosperous. Jacob, prosperous. Joseph, boom, at a very young age. Well, I mean, yeah, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all had their problems. And with that, they struggled with their faith. What do we find with Joseph? Uh, Spoken of right away as boom, he's having problems, slavery, well, first Prison. he was the spoiled brat, but but then he was the the slave, but God was with him. Yeah, I think that's what we really need to take from this is even when hardships and difficulties, whether it be slavery or chigger bites or um, imprisonment or or a tweaking hip, or lack matter. of money or or a computer that's broken or there's so many things. God is with us. God is with us. And it's in our hardships that we actually come to realize. And I'm wondering if maybe that was it with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Things were so good, they didn't have as much need to see that God was there. And the New Testament speaks about that a lot, that God uses situations to help us rely more on him. And then the last thing I think we can see from this is a a direct parallel uh, of of our life and Jesus' life. First, J- Joseph, um, pride, sin, and sold into slavery. And even when he tries to do something right, it it goes blows Backfire. up in his face. Yeah. That happens a lot to us. It also happened to Jesus that he was born here. Not that he sinned, but it blew up in his face. And we see that though he was innocent, he suffered everything as though he was the guilty one, like Joseph. (laughs) 
You know, there's one more thing, though. Oh, this can we just makes be done? a great story. I mean, okay, you've got done. adventure, and you've got excitement, and you've got Please. attempted seduction and imprisonment, and, and oh my gosh. Are you done? But we're going to. What? Are you done? No. Listen, I got itching. I got, I, I, I got to stretch my hips. I'll tell you what. You, you all join us back at notalone.net, and you can find us at the website, and don't forget to write <laughs> us at, at the email address, and you know all that That's stuff, that, so what? bye! <laughs> <laughs> I will lead you who are blind by the ways you have not known along unfamiliar paths. I will guide you. I will turn the darkness into light before you. And make the rough places smooth. <laughs> These are the things I will do. I will not forsake you. Do come back again to room 4216. Credits. Our sincere thanks go to Terry Nord and Robert Vaughn for their interlude music.